Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Original Stories from Matthew and Kay. My name is Kay Esterman and the reason I am doing the intro today is because Matthew is not here to do it. He is off at camp, aka a beach vacation, so in his place I have my nine-year-old sister, Mackenzie. Hi! Mackenzie has volunteered to help us out today with our stories and announcements. So let's get straight on to that. First off, I would just like to say I am so sorry for the gap in episodes we've had. I don't think we've had an episode in the past two weeks. We have had lots of behind-the-scenes drama and audio problems, but we, I think we are past that and we'll be posting regularly now. Uh, Alright, Mackenzie is about to tell you what we say every week. Thank you for listening! Yes, thank you so much. We love all of our listeners and are grateful for every single one of them. So thank you so much for listening. Also, don't forget to share this with your friends and family. We want this to get to be a very big show, but we cannot do that without your help. So please, please, please share it with your friends and your family. And finally, I would like to say please send in your own story. We have three ways you can do that, which we remind you of every week. The first one is you can go to the bottom of our website and type in your name, email, and story, and it will be sent straight to us for us to read and approve. And our website name is originalstoriesfrommc.wordpress.com. So you just search that into Google or Safari or whatever you use. Google and Safari are pretty much the same thing, but forget about that. All you got to do is type that in and you will get to our website and you can go to the bottom and do all that stuff. Um, The second way is you can use our brand new email address. And our email address is yourstories821 at gmail.com. Yourstories821 at gmail.com. Finally, you can send in a voice message, and the link to do that will be in the description box below. Alright, now let's move on to our stories. Mackenzie is going to start us off with Rick the Groundhog. Rick the Groundhog is inspired by a actual groundhog that lives on the property I live on, and we named him Rick. And we have quite a lot of animals that we have named, so I decided to write a story for each one of them. And the first one I wrote one for is Rick the Groundhog, because that's the first one we ever named. So, go ahead, Mackenzie, and begin. Hello, my name is Rick the Groundhog. I live under a barn on the Esterman's property. Kay Esterman asked me to write a story for the podcast she does with her cousin. I eagerly obliged because I love story writing. Today I am going to tell you about how I came to live on the Esterman's property. One day when I was a young groundhog, I decided to find a home of my own. I've been living with my my brother under an old burnt down house and I thought it was time to get my own place. I packed up my few belongings and set out. I traveled for a couple of days before stumbling across a big open yard on with a house standing in the middle. The yard had some muscadine vines, blueberry bushes, and apple and pear trees. I thought it would be the perfect place to settle. Then I spotted an old barn through the woods on the other side of the house. I decided to make my home in the barn so I wouldn't be too close to the house. I ran across the yard and through the woods before reaching the barn. I went inside and looked around. It was damp and dark and I noticed a cobweb in the corner. It wasn't the best place for living at the moment, 
but with some time and care, I could fix it up real quick. I come. I immediately set to work. I found an old moldy plank that I could rip out of the wall and let in some light. Then I found a scrap of fabric that I used to set up a little sleeping area. I picked up the cobweb and threw it at the door. I stepped back and looked at my progress. The barn looked so much better. I smiled in satisfaction. Suddenly, my stomach began to growl. I was hungry. I decided to go check out those blueberry bushes and see if I could get anything. Unfortunately, this story is about is as about is about as long as Kay wanted it. So I must end it here. But I hope you enjoyed hearing how I came to live on the Estimans' property. Goodbye. All right, now it is time to discuss the story. So Rick the Groundhog was inspired by an actual groundhog that lives on my family's property, and his name is Rick, which I said at the beginning of the story. So yeah, this is the story of how he came to live on the property. So this isn't actually how the groundhog came to live on our property. I have no idea how that actually happened, but I just wrote it this way because I thought it would be fun. All right, now it is time to move on to another new series, Candytopia and the Gum Giant. So this is a two-part series, and I know I've said that before with Alex's Adventure, and it turned out to be a three-part series. But trust me, this one will only be two parts. I've already written both, so you don't have to worry. All right, let's get started with part one, and I think me and Mackenzie will be splitting it between the two of us because it is quite long. Um. Yeah, it's really long. So I will read to a certain point, and then Mackenzie will take over. Are you ready, Mackenzie? Yeah. Okay, I'll start us off. Candytopia and the Gum Giant, Part One of Two. A long time ago, in the mystical land of Candytopia, a big change was about to happen. A new queen was going to be chosen to rule the land. Sixty-five years ago that day, Candytopia had been founded by the Sour Patch Explorer James Sourton and declared the only place in the world of candy that all types of candy could come together and live in harmony. The first ruler had been King Thomas. He was a tyrant who reigned unjustly for twenty years. When he died, the city, the citizens of Candytopia, had decided a new ruler would be appointed every five years, so that no other cruel rulers could reign as long as King Thomas. Now it was the sixty-fifth year anniversary, and the whole city crowded into the square to witness the ruler being chosen. Suddenly, a loud horn echoed from somewhere close by. A man in red robes walked out into the middle of the square. Attention! The man called. The queen is coming! The queen is coming! Queen Samantha, the current ruler of Candytopia, walked through the crowd. She would be the one to pick the next leader. Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming. The queen yelled, addressing the crowd. We have gathered here today to pick a new ruler for the great kingdom of Candytopia. The crowd cheered, yet some booed. Most people liked Queen Samantha and thought she should reign longer. This, however, as Queen Samantha herself said, would be against the rules of Candytopia, and that Candytopia has had for so long that has kept peace. I know the perfect ruler is here in the crowd somewhere, and I intend to find him or her. The queen continued cheerily. 
For the rest of today, I want you to go about your business as usual, and at sundown I will announce the ruler of Candytopia. Slowly the crowd dispersed and went about their day as normally as they could. Around lunchtime, Queen Samantha began her search. Just when she narrowed it down to between three people, a large boom shook the land. What was that? Queen Samantha demanded. I... I don't know, my lady, the queen's bodyguard said. I will send word for some soldier to check it out. Thank you, Frederick. Now, come, we must continue looking. Just as they set off, another boom shook the world. Then another, then another. Now, I declare, what is that racket? Queen Samantha exclaimed. Then she saw it. Looming over the tall city building was a baby gum giant. Now, you're probably like, what is a gum giant? In fact, what is a baby gum giant? Well, long ago, when Candytopia was founded by James Sowerton, gum giants ruled the land. 200 feet tall and made completely of different flavors and colors of gum, gum giants were the old inhabitants of the land Candytopia was built on. As the city grew, more and more gum giants were driven away and killed until the citizens of Candytopia thought them to be extinct. They were wrong. That day in Candytopia proved that the gum giants had somehow survived, and this particular gum giant was a baby, meaning that there must be parents nearby. And in case you were wondering, the gum giants were a problem, and apparently still are a problem, because they're so sticky that the city buildings, lampposts, streets, and even pedestrians would stick to the giants and be torn from their places, causing great destruction. The appearance of this gum giant baby was startling and scary. The giant had to be defeated before it completely destroyed Candytopia and the citizens along with it. Dun, dun, dun. So, what do you guys think of Candytopia? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Tell, give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. So, I know I said Mackenzie was going to help me out with that story. But she couldn't get through a part, certain part without laughing. So I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I laugh a lot. She does laugh a lot. I do too. It's fine. It means we're happy people. But still, it wasn't particularly great for what we were doing at this very second. But that's fine. Moving on. For our final story of the day, we are going to do The Amazing Edna Doorknocker. So as you know, The Amazing Edna Doorknocker is usually scripted. But today I'm going to be reading it alone since Matthew is not here. Now I would have let Mackenzie fill in for Matthew on this story but we had some similar problems that we had with Candy Toby and the Gum Giant meaning she couldn't get past a certain part without laughing. So I will be doing it alone today. Um yeah. Alright let me just get to the right one. Here we go. The Amazing Edna Doorknocker Part 9. It was the next day, and Mauricia, much to Edna's dismay, had not cracked just yet. She was still trying to decide between Edna and Amelia. Who should she keep her promise to? An obvious choice, if you ask me, Edna told James grumpily. Why does Mauricia have to be so honest? Finally, Mauricia came to Edna and James with her decision. I decided to give you a clue about how Amelia is going to embarrass you, she announced. Why can't you just... Edna began, but James cut her off. We're lucky we're getting anything, he whispered. After muttering something about Mauricia's loyalties, Edna finally quieted down so Mauricia could speak. Okay, here's your clue. 
Mauricia said mysteriously. Secrets. What? James questioned. Secrets, that's your clue. Um, I don't get it, Edna complained. Me neither. Oh my gosh, use your brain, guys. They're going to tell the whole school your deepest, most embarrassing secrets, Mauricia exploded angrily. Oh no. She clamped a hand over her mouth. Well, thank you, Mauricia, Edna grinned. That is very useful information. James nodded. The only thing is, they don't have any secrets to tell. Knowing my sister, Edna began, that won't stop them. They're just going to make something up, Mauricia announced. Oh, come on, I did it again, Edna laughed. Mauricia, you're horrible at keeping secrets. Edna, Mauricia, focus, James snapped. Girls always getting off track, he grumbled to himself. What was that? Edna and Mauricia asked at the same time. Nothing. I was just saying that, um, now we need a plan. James lied. He's right, Edna announced. I don't really think we have to worry about the five-year-olds, though. I doubt anyone will believe whatever they come up with. For sure, James agreed. First, we need to decide if we want to keep Mauricia as our spy or if she should announce her loyalty to us. Let's let her announce her loyalty, Edna decided. We don't really need any more inside info. No, we should keep her as a spy, James argued. Maybe she can figure out what Amelia is planning and what lies she's come up with. Well, why don't we just let Mauricia decide, Edna snapped. Fine, Mauricia, what do you think, James exclaimed. Yeah, Mauricia, tell us. I, um, I think I should. Edna and James looked at her expectantly. I think... I'm done, she yelled. I am tired of running your errands and spying for you and lying to people. Goodbye. With that, Mauricia stormed out. Well, that was unexpected, James remarked. You think? Edna yelled. That's it. I'm putting an end to this. Edna turned and walked out of the room and into the cafeteria, where lunch was in full swing. She stood in the middle table. Amelia, she yelled. The pranks are over. It's time for the final battle. Tonight at the playground, five o'clock. Don't be late. With that, Edna stormed out to prepare herself for the final battle. All right, now let's discuss the amazing Edna Doorknocker part nine. In this part, Mauricia had a bit of a temper tantrum. So yeah, <laughs> uh, Mauricia kind of flipped out and left and Edna declared the final battle at the playground. And then it ended. And then it ended on a cliffhanger. I hate those. She really does. She listens to this podcast, actually, and she hates it when we have cliffhangers. Yes, I do. All right, so y'all will have to wait for next week to figure out what happens in the final battle. And I think that next week will be the last amazing Edna Doorknocker. Why do we have to wait till next week? Why can't we just read the next one? Because I said we can't. <laughs> I'm guessing you haven't typed it out yet. I haven't. No, I think that is all we have for today. So, thank you for listening to original stories from Matthew and Kay. I'll see you next week. Well, actually, not really. My cousin and sister will see you next week. Bye!